it's time to go. And then it's like, oh man, dang it. Nothing's working right. Um, Welcome to the plug. I, I saw there was uh, a handful of new people here. I'm really glad that you came. And some people that were new last week that showed back up, so you liked it enough to come back. So thank you for that as well. Um, we're in the middle of a series called Cupid or Stupid, talking about dating, sex, and relationships, something that I think is probably on a lot of y'all's minds every once in a while, correct? No? So we got some no's, okay? Okay. And we talked about that last week, remember? That, that crew. It's like, nope. No men, ever. No men crew. I gotcha. Um, yeah, last week we talked about being the one before you can find the one. Because if you find the one and you suck, you will not keep the one, right? So before you, find, before you try to find the one, you need to start being the one. All right? And we talked about how do we do that? How do we increase our capacity to love someone? We looked at the verse. Um, we looked at the verse, the love verse. Love is patient. Love is kind. Uh, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not jealous, it's not proud, remember? It does not rejoice. Um, it does not rejoice in, uh, what is it? What? Rejoice in failure? Rejoice in, anybody remember? I rejoice in, anyways. Uh, rejoices in the truth, okay? Um, it is always hopeful and always faithful. It's going to per- persevere through any circumstance, right? We said, do we want these in that other person, that person that we're looking for? Do we want these? We're like, yes, we want these things in that other person. It's like, okay, are you being that for someone else? There's someone else looking for the one. You could be the one for that person. Are you being those things? We need to become more like that. And the only way that we can become more like that is to live in God. We need to find God. He can love us and teach us how to love. All right? And so when we live in God, we actually are pursuing him and trying to become more like him. We will increase our capacity to love. We will start to be the one. All right. So um, I take it that it's been, it's been one, one week. And so, and so we're all probably pretty close to being the one, right? We all got it after one week, right? <laughs> I found a cool verse I think summed up last week's message. It's in Job um, chapter 11. And it's right here. It says, if you only would rather, if you, uh, <laughs> if only you would prepare your heart and lift up your hands to him in prayer. Get rid of your sins and leave all inequity behind you. Then your face will brighten with innocence. You'll be strong and free of fear. You will forget your misery. It'll be like water uh, flowing away. Your life will be brighter than the noonday. Even darkness will be as bright as morning. Having hope will give you courage and you'll be protected and will rest in safety. I just read this verse. I felt it kind of summed up last week. It's like, If we would prepare our heart and actually lift up our hands and pray to God, get rid of our sins and leave inequity, leave this unrighteousness life like behind us. If we could just do that, then our face will brighten with innocence. We'll be strong. We'll be free of fear. We will forget misery. How many people want want the person that you're going to eventually be with to not be miserable? A non-miserable person. We should have added that to the list last week. (laughs) Non-miserable. Right? (laughs) we get rid of our sins, we get rid of our unrighteousness, we press into God, we live in him, we will become a person that can start being the one for someone else, okay? So let's say that, you know, we're there, it's time to find the one. Anybody want to be there? Four of you do. The rest of you. Okay, good. We've got a whole crew over here. Good. Good. Yes. Um, it's time to, time to talk about finding the one. Now, this doesn't mean you end being the one. 
Becoming the one. You don't end that. That journey doesn't end. Becoming the one is not like some sort of cool trick a player would, would do just to get the girl, you know? I've been together with my wife. Uh, we've been together for about seven and a half years. We've been married for almost five. I'm still becoming the one for her, okay? It's a journey that just, it doesn't end. You get to keep learning how to become more and more like Jesus, okay? However, there's got to be some point where you start to try to find the one, right? All right. So I found a verse because I, I started thinking about like me still becoming the one. And that's just hard. Becoming like Jesus, anybody admit that might be a little difficult. A little difficult? Yes? Okay, good. Yeah, I found this verse in Psalm 24. And it is, what we got? Hmm? What happened? Missed it. Just keep on going. Everyone's like, ah, whatever it was. I'll tell you later. Okay, good. Psalm 24, verses 3 through 6. It says, who may climb the mountain of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing, have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. I, I, I looked at this verse and I saw this thing about a mountain. Who has ever climbed a mountain? Okay, I want to tell you about my first experience climbing a mountain, okay? So... I have a friend, uh, it was me and my roommate, we lived together for all this time. We had this friend, he was an, a, a former army ranger, okay? And he asked us if we wanted to go camping. I said, yeah, that sounds awesome. He's like, all right, I was going to drive, so I loaded up all the stuff to go camping in my trunk. My roommate did the same thing, just loaded up this truck full, or my, my trunk full of stuff. Army ranger guy comes, he throws all of his stuff in the back seat, and we just start taking off of the mountains, okay? So we get to about Metter, and we're a little bit hungry, so we're going to stop at McDonald's. And my roommate says, hey, my wallet's in the trunk. Let me grab it. And so we open up the trunk, and the Army Ranger friend, his name is John. John comes around the back, and he just starts dying laughing, looking at what we've brought, okay, to go camping. Like, I'm, I'm talking like he literally was on his back in the parking lot, grabbing his stomach, laughing at us for the contents of my trunk, okay, because he saw just like, blankets and pillows and samurai swords and footballs and soccer balls and like art supplies and like all this stuff, right? He's like, what is all this crap? He said, we're going camping. It's going to be kind of boring if we don't have anything to do, just sitting and sitting camping. He's like, we are going to camp at the top of a mountain. We are going hiking. Like there's a big difference between camping and hiking. Anybody with me? There's a difference between going camping and hiking. So like, oh no, I'm wearing like basketball shorts. It's like October. We're about to be on top of a mountain. I'm wearing basketball shorts. All right. Cause I was planning on being around a campfire the whole time. I've got basketball shorts. My roommate was in flannel lined jeans. Anybody who's been hiking knows that that would be pretty hot if you're in flannel lined jeans. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So we get up there, we leave on a Friday, we get up there, it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. We get up there and I'm planning on just like, okay, time to like, I guess we'll sleep here at the bottom of the mountain and then we'll hike up in the morning. He's like, hey, you guys want to climb up the mountain right now? It's like almost midnight, dude. Like, what are you talking about? But he's an army ranger. So, and he's got like four guns, like literally he's, he's got more guns than anybody on the mountain. So we know we'll be safe. So we're like, I don't want to cross him. Okay, yeah, we'll go up the mountain right now. And so, thankfully, I did bring, like, a headlamp so I could read my books. So I get my headlamp out, and I start turning it on. He's like, no, 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 we don't need that. He's like, flashlights, put them all in the car. We don't need any of that. We don't need any of that stuff. And then he gets all of his, like, 
plethora of zip ties out and he starts zip tying all of our crap to our backpack. So I don't have a hiking backpack at all. I've got like a school backpack. He's like zip tying sleeping bags and stuff to it. Right. My roommate had a duffel bag, <laughs> duffel bag, zip tied blankets and pillows on the top. Samurai sword coming out of the back. Cause he said, if I brought it, I'm taking it up to the top of the mountain. <laughs> And so we start on this hike. It is like pitch black outside. And he just like starts going up the AT, the Appalachian Trail. He just starts going after it. And we're like, oh, no, we better hurry up. And so we get a little ways going. And, he start, and he's, he's staying right on the path, right, and like almost pitch black. And so he starts teaching us about how to hike in the dark. All right. Now, if anyone is going to teach you how to hike in the dark, it's going to be an army ranger. It's like the Navy SEALs of the Army, okay? This guy is like, he's like, okay, this is, this is how you do it, literally. He's like, all right, look up about 100 yards in front of you at the tops of the trees and look for the breaks in the trees. He said, that's where 100 yards from right now, that's where the trail is. And so we'd just follow after that, you know, and we'd be on the trail the whole time. And when you get up to that spot, you're still looking 100 yards ahead. We never got off the trail once. We hike up this entire, like, 10 miles in pitch black dark, just looking up at the top of the trees. You know, there were some points where he would just like dart off into the woods and be like, oh no, he's gone. Like, and we sat there, me and my roommate sat there for like five minutes. Like, is he going to come back? I bet he wants us to keep walking to see if we can do it. It's like a mean trick. He's got all the guns <laughs> and leaving us, you know. <laughs> anyway, so we would just keep on going ahead and like 10 minutes later, he'd show back up. We'd all be on the same trail, you know. And so we get up to the top of the mountain, so we uh, camp out there that night, and we wake up and get this awesome view of, like, the top of the mountain, uh, the morning of, like, the sunrise. It's awesome, right? Never forget that night. So the second, that was the first time I ever went camping or went hiking up a mountain. It was awesome. It was hard, though. Like, he was at, like, breakneck speed the whole time. Like, head down, going, you know? That was the first time I ever went hiking. The second time I ever went hiking was about a year later. Me and my roommate again, uh, we had a friend getting married, so he wanted his bachelor party. Hey, everyone go hiking. And so we packed up good this time. We were like, okay, I know what hiking means. And they said hiking, so we can pack for that. So we packed for hiking. And, you know, a lot of, who, who are my, like, outdoorsy people? Okay. And are you the guys that, like, when you're packing, you try to pack as light as possible, and you're packing, like, the ramen noodles, Right? Like beef jerky and ramen noodles, anything heavier than that is too much, right? Okay, well, that's the only rule that we didn't listen to. We packed like tons of like sausages in our backpacks. Like everyone's gonna be really jealous at the top of this mountain. Anyway, so literally, I've only been hiking one time. It was with an army ranger, so we're all like, okay, ready, set, let's go. And there's like 20 of us, and me and my roommate just head down, chugging up this mountain. We beat everybody by like two hours up to the top of the mountain. <laughs> it's the only way I knew how to hike. <laughs> so we get up there we get the fire going by the time everyone gets up there everyone's like dying because they just hiked and we're like cooking our sausages they were like oh that looks awesome like have fun eating your ramen suckers <laughs> so all this came from this verse right here <laughs> wait is that the right one not job do we have the other one the psalm verse it's not in there did i forget to put that in let me read it again it says, who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing. They have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Hiking mountains is hard. Who's going to climb the Lord's mountain? Who's going to climb it? Who's going to stand at the top in the holy place? Who's going to get that look out and look at this awesome view of the sunrise? 
beautiful, top of a mountain, sunrise. Who's going to be there? Who's going to climb the Lord's mountain out of this group? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Here's my advice to you guys. As we are talking about being the one and still becoming the one when you're trying to find the one, when you are hiking up the mountain of the Lord, who's your army ranger? Like, who is the guy that's going to teach you how to hike up this mountain unlike anybody else? (laughs) Jesus? Yes, Jesus. But more than Jesus, alpha group leaders, the people that are here consistently, you know? I talked about it last week. If we're going to live in God, we need... To really do it. It's not just a Tuesday night at 8 o'clock thing. I love that you're here, but it needs to be more than this. Get into an alpha group. Come to some of the events that Kyle is doing. Get plugged in with a small group of people that are going to study the Bible. You know? Who is your army ranger? Who's going to teach you how to hike up that mountain? I became a really good hiker because someone taught me how. You become really good at following God because someone will teach you how. No one is just good at it on their own. Okay? Who's your army ranger? Now, I have a little makeshift mountain here. This is going to be our mountain. And I need two brave volunteers. Two dudes. It might get a little, a little chippy up here. I don't want any girls getting their shirts ripped off or something scandalous like that. So I need two dudes. Hayden, yes, and Daniel. Oh, this is awesome. Kai Alpha House. This is going to be a battle. All right. When you are trying to find the one, you are going to be hiking up the mountain of the Lord together, okay? And so you guys decide, this is, this is going to be our contest. This is going to be our contest. One of you will be on the mountain, and one will not be on the mountain. And one of you is going to try to pull the other one off the mountain, and one will try to pull the other one on. And we're going to see who's going to win. Who's up on the mountain? All right, here, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Whoever wins is going to get two free tickets to our masquerade ball. The Chi Alpha Valentine's Day Marty Ball, okay? Valentine's Day actually falls on the night of the plug. It's on a Tuesday night this year, okay? And so we're like, hmm, what can we do for Valentine's Day so we're not fighting with all of, like, the really gushy romantic people that won't come to the plug? And then there's going to be some of you that are like, this is the worst day on the planet, and you won't come to the plug. So we're like, what, what, what can we do so that everyone is happy? So this is what we're doing. We're going to the Chi Alpha house that Tuesday night. Okay, the guys are going to serve the girls dinner. Girls, sound good? Girls sound moderately excited about that. Girls, is that all right? Guys are going to serve you dinner. Okay, girls, then you will serve us dessert. Okay, yes, good. We're going to dress up masquerade. All right, this is the masquerade Marty Ball, not the masquerade Marty Gras. Don't come like you're in Marty Gras, like it's Marty Gras. It's a ball. And you can have a masquerade mask. You got me? No one's scandalous in there. Okay, got it? Anyways, all that to say. Winner gets the two free tickets. They're going to be 10 bucks each. Okay? So, good for... Co- no. No. Who's, who's up and who's down? Which, how's it going? You're up? All right. If you get him up there, you get the two free tickets. All right? Yep. And you're trying to get him down. If you get him down, if you get him down, you get the, you get the tickets. Cool? Ready, set, ready, you're switching? Dude, 
count. I'm, be- I'm betting on Daniel. You better not lose this thing. It'll mess me all up. <laughs> Hayden's deciding he's winning this junk. He said he's winning it. All right, we ready? All right. I, I need one. Brad, will you come here in case anything crazy happens? You're the spotter. All right, we ready? I want you all to count one, two, three, and then scream go. Okay, you ready? One, two, three, go! <laughs> Daniel's the winner. Daniel is the winner. Hey, and I'll give you a ticket too. You, that was an unfair fight, I know. Unfair fight. <laughs> the point of it is this. This is a, a silly illustration that I hope proves this point. <laughs> Where was I sitting? I was sitting closer this way, wasn't I? <laughs> if you were a Christian trying to climb up to the top of the mountain and you were dating someone on the bottom of the mountain, it is much easier for them to pull you down than you to pull them up. Okay? You want advice on finding the one? If you were a Christian, date a Christian and not just someone that says that they're a Christian. Date someone that is trying to climb up this mountain like an army ranger is leading them. My best advice is this. When you are trying to become the one, you know like when horses in a race, they have blinders on? Like put blinders on to any, any guy, any girl. Like for real, put the blinders on and chase after the Lord. Like for real, run as fast as you can. And when you know that you are chasing after the Lord as fast as you can, take your blinders off and see who's running at the same pace with you. Okay? For real. That's how you're going to start to find the one. Do not date someone that is wanting to just camp at the bottom of the mountain with a bunch of crap in their backpack. My roommate, Evan, he literally had chisels and hammers in his duffel bag. Do not date someone with chisels and hammers that are going to slow you down. I had to take his pack off of him and carry his duffel bag up that mountain for half of the time. Do not date someone where you're going to have to carry their junk up the mountain. It is easier for them to pull you, pull you down than you to pull them up. You guys follow me? I feel like that was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> you know, we, we said this, that the, that the reason why we date, that there's, there's only one good reason to date, right? We said there are three reasons why we date, why we get in relationships. One is to feel like that loneliness we feel. The second one, we have, oh, you're good. You're good, Taylor. That wasn't even in the right order. I, nice. Feel the loneliness. That is a bad reason to date someone because you're just lonely. To feel your success, success to fulfill your sexual desires, bad reason. <laughs> the right reason to date someone is to find the one. So think about this. Your beliefs, if you are a Christian and you are following hard after God and you want to be on the top of that mountain, your beliefs are going to shape everything in your life. It's going to shape how one day you raise kids. It's going to shape your finances and your purchases. It's going to shape what you do on the weekends. It's going to shape what TV you watch, what you watch on TV. It's going to shape your life. So how in the world do you think that you can date someone that has different beliefs than you and it's going to work? There's a quote that I love that says, If you are stupid enough to date someone who is not a Christian, you are stupid enough to marry one. <laughs> Let that sink in. If you're stupid enough... To date someone who's not a Christian, you are stupid enough to marry one, okay? Date someone that is running up that mountain with you. So, we got that? Good? I feel like we can just like close and we'll be good there. No. Doesn't actually teach you how to find the one, okay? Stage one of finding the one 
is attraction. Got that right? Is this okay? Is it okay to be attracted to someone? Richard talked all about lust and running, fleeing, sexual sins and all this stuff last week, right? Is attraction okay? He's like, ooh, tell me. Okay, good. Do we have, we have the verse in Genesis? Oh, yes. Good. Verse in Genesis. Where are we at? Oh, wait. I, I missed a whole bunch of stuff, didn't I, Taylor? I'm sorry. Let's go back to that other verse. I'm sorry. Psalm uh, 24. Back to Psalm 24. Uh, verse 3. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Anybody heard this verse before? Did I, say, I said Psalm. I'm sorry. Yeah, 2 Corinthians. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 6. Yes, 14. Written wrong down here. My bad. Anybody heard this verse before besides Hayden? Yes? Okay, next slide. What is this? This is a yoke with an L in it. Okay? What is this? This is a yoke without an L in it. Okay? Do not be yoked together with an unbeliever. One of these, not the egg thing that makes no sense at all, right? But we read that, we're like, that's the first thing you think of is an egg yolk, right? Now be yoked together. Next one. Like this. <laughs> this whole, don't date a non-Christian. Do not date someone with different beliefs than you. Okay? Do not, marriage is tying yourself to someone like this. For real. For real. I'm married almost five years. It can be like this. All right? <laughs> Do not be unequally yoked. Do not tie yourself to someone that is not the same strength as you. Okay? That is not going in the same direction as you. Cool? All right. Now, is it okay to be attracted to someone? That's where we're going to go next. Attraction. Is that okay? Look at this verse in Genesis chapter 29. Now, Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah and the younger one was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. All right. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for, for seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Seems like he was attracted to her. She has a beautiful figure. It's okay, right? Everyone's still afraid to say yes. You can say yes. This is okay. Attraction happens. It is a normal thing. Here's the thing. Attraction has no uh, moral boundaries. What you do with attraction is a moral issue. But to be attracted to someone, see someone's pretty, yes, that's awesome. That's fine. I looked at my wife the first time I saw her and said, she's a fox. Yeah, she's super hot. I want to date her. I know. I, okay, do you love Jesus? Yes, she does. Okay, check that off the box. I'm attracted to her. Loves Jesus. Running hard after him. Okay. Attraction is okay. Here's the thing. You will always have attraction to people. And that's something I think that a lot of times we get kind of like misconstrued in dating and relationships and married Marriage is that we think that, like, you will always be attracted to people physically and emotionally and spiritually. You'll just have that connection, that chemistry with people naturally. That is okay. It is what you do with it that becomes a moral issue. Does that make sense? Okay. So, yes, attraction happens. Attraction, if we use it for the right reasons, is an awesome thing. Guys, girls, this is what attraction is for. To give you courage to go say, hey... That's it. Hey, you know, it gives you that little, okay, I'm gonna go talk to her because she's really pretty. Here's your script for, for step one, attraction. My dad taught me this when I was in, in like second grade. 
because I was deathly afraid of girls. I think there was one time there was, it was like some sort of science fair and I was walking down the halls and like this pretty girl came up to me and said, Hey, you got the five bucks you owe me? And she was just joking, holds out her hand and like froze. My dad was right there with me. I was like, uh, and then after that, my dad said, okay, I'm gonna teach you how to talk to girls. And he said, this is how you do it. Say, Hey, and then you insert the girl's name right there. I'll start a conversation. It works good. Wouldn't it be nice girls if guys would just come up and just say, Hey to you. Yeah. It would just be bold guys. Okay. They said that they would like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to know what Scott just said. <laughs> All right. So attraction is good. It is okay. It is even biblical. What you do with it becomes your moral issue. If you take it too far and start to have lustful thoughts about how pretty that girl is, okay, that is becoming a moral sin issue. But to just think of someone's pretty, that's fine. That's awesome. God made pretty people. Okay? Cool. So from there, you say, hey, and girl's name, or hey, guy's name. You start hanging out, right? That's what we always do. You hang out, play that weird little flirty game that everybody hates, right? Let me ask you this. Why do y'all stay in that zone for so long? Little flirty game. Let me take you to stage two. All right. Step number two of this dating relationship, finding the one. You guys sit here for, for so long. It's like, are we more than friends? I don't know. Do you like me? Do you like like me? I don't know if I like like you. Okay. I want you guys to do this quickly. If you like someone, you are attracted to them and you've been hanging out. DTR. Define the relationship. Define it. What are we? You want another script? Goes like this. It starts the same way. Hey, girl's name. I like you and would like to date you. Do you feel the same? So you got to do. She says no. You don't waste any more of your time. Okay. That sucks, but at least we aren't playing this weird flirty game and I'm getting let on more and more and more. Okay. That's all you got to do. Don't play that stupid game where you don't know if you're dating for six months. Everyone says that you're dating, but you guys, that's dumb. <laughs> Who knows that guy? Yeah. Here's the, other, here's the other thing. It doesn't make any sense. Some of you like hate the word dating, but you're dating. So you're like, no, we're not dating, but you're really dating. That's stupid. Just say you're dating. I don't like the word boyfriend. So we're, that's not my boyfriend. He's just someone I'll hang out with a lot. Stupid. You two like each other. You're like making out all the time. Just say you're dating. Spit everywhere. I don't know if anybody saw that. <laughs> okay. So this will keep you from that weird nebulous of like people coming up like, hey, you guys a couple. And you're like, um, uh, um, you look at it like, no. And you both like spit out. No. Okay. Ask this question sooner. Ask it sooner. Ask it to Jess very soon. Hey, what the heck are we? Are we dating? And she said, I don't want to date you. And I said, yes, you do. And then she said, well, okay. <laughs> she tried to dump me about eight times after that. And I kept telling her, nope, that's not allowed. We're still dating. <laughs> All right. So here's at the point. You have been attracted to someone. They're a Christian and you're attracted to them. And then you do that hangout thing. And after not too long, you ask them, hey, I would like to date you. And maybe they say, yes. Awesome, right? Like, seems like you're like 80% there, right? 80% defining the one or something. I'll give you some tips after this point happens. You're dating someone, okay? Do not date someone that pushes your boundaries. Do not date someone that pushes your boundaries. 
he or she has declared war on your boundary like an invading army. Your heart and your future with God are not safe with him or her. He or she is more devoted to meeting his or her own needs and desires than keeping your conscience clear. If someone is pushing your boundaries for real, dump them. One of my goals tonight is that there'll be people breaking up. For real, if someone pushes your boundaries. We talked about where the boundaries are last week. You remember it? I was like, this is going to suck, guys. You remember it? The lust verse. You remember it? Matthew 5. Good. Thank you, Mark. Mark will tell everybody else where it is. (laughs) All right, do not let someone push your boundaries. Do not. Leave them for real. All right, second tip is this. They cheat on you, dump them. For real, do not put up with someone cheating on you. Dating is easier than marriage. I've been married five years, I know. Okay, you think like, we we are so used to like princess movies and like Aladdin and like the Little Mermaid and they get married and it just ends and you're happily ever after. No, it is harder. You get in a fight with someone, you can't just go to your separate apartments and cool down for the next two days and then make up. Like, they're laying in the same bed as you. You know? Marriage can be harder. If it is, look, if they cannot be faithful when times are, what does that say? What did I put there? Hard. (laughs) Hard now? Yeah. (laughs) They, they They will not be able to be faithful to you when times are even harder when you're married. For real, you add kids into the equation one day. I know it's weird to think about having kids, but all of a sudden I was married and like we were pregnant six weeks later, like, ah, you know, kids came quick. But one day you probably will have kids. You know, you add kids into the mix. You add living together into the mix. You add beliefs. If you are not having, not married to that person has the same beliefs, you add all of these things into the mix. Marriage is harder than dating. And if someone cannot be faithful to you when it's easy, they're not going to be faithful to you when it's hard, you know? If you're not enough for them now, how are you going to be enough for them later when times are hard? If someone cheats on you, leave them. Like, for real. Cool? Good tip? Okay. Cool. <laughs> so, now, someone's a Christian, you're attracted to them. You hang out for a little while. After that, you, d- you DTR, define the relationship. Wait, do we have these little cards? You got these little cards, right? I don't think we, we always hand these out and we forgot to tell you what they are. If you guys would start filling these out as I'm talking, that would be awesome. Just who you are. And then we have some commitments. You know, if you want to make some commitments tonight, look at this and check them off and drop them in the offering bucket as it goes around at the end. You know, if there's someone that you need to DTR with, check that box. All right? Or if you're too afraid to check the box, you don't have to. Fill as much as you're comfortable. But if you want to make a commitment and say, all right, I checked a box to say, yes, I'll do that. If you need to DTR with someone, check it. Cool? All right. Some of you maybe need to end an unhealthy relationship. You can check that, that box. Okay? I want to know what God's doing in your life for real. Cool? All right. So, let me recap again. Find a Christian. You're attracted to them. You hang out a little bit, you DTR to find the relationship, and you avoid all of these tips. So the next question is this. How do you know? Right? How do you know when it's love, right? How do you know? Look again at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Where are we going? Other way? Other way? Other way. That was next. (laughs) Hmm, <laughs>
We're way past that one. <laughs> First Corinthians 13. Let me, let me just go to it and I'll start reading it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Does not demand its own way. Is not irritable and keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. There it is, injustice. That was the word I couldn't find. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Look at this. I want you guys to look at this because I feel like we have like this disenchantment with love. We don't really know what love is. We think it's just this feeling that's just going to come upon you and all. Ah, now I'm in love. The feeling came. Okay. I've been married for five years, and it's been the same from the first day I dated Jess till now. Now, the feelings of love are awesome, but love is not a feeling. Look at this. Look at these words. Love is patient. Is patient a feeling? No. Sometimes you can feel patient, but sometimes you don't. So when you don't feel patient, does that mean you don't love someone? I don't know. It's not a feeling. Being patient is an action. Okay? Look at this. Kindness. Is that a feeling? No, being kind to someone is not a feeling, it is an action. Look at this. Being not jealous, being boastful, being proud or not rude, keeping no record of wrongs, being not irritable, never giving up, never losing faith, always being hopeful, enduring through every circumstance. Look at all these verbs. Love is an action. It is a choice that you make. You choose to love someone. It is not a feeling that comes upon you. When, when that person that you're dating does something to piss you off, it is not a feeling that comes right then and there. Oh, I love them, and the feeling comes, and now I'm patient. It is a choice you make before that circumstance even happens, that I will be patient with that person. You make that choice. I will be kind to that person before the situation even arises, before, when everything's happy. Three weeks from now, I may get in a fight with you, but I'm still going to be patient with you. I'm still going to be kind. I am not going to get jealous. I am not going to be rude. We go back to it. I'm never going to give up. Never going to lose faith. I'm going to endure through every circumstance. You make that choice. Love is a choice. It is not a feeling. Now the feelings that come with someone that you love are awesome. But that is not love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. How do you know? How do you know? It's when you have made this choice without even realizing that you've made the choice. My first date with Jess went like this. I finally convinced her to date me, you know. Should we date? Yes. Okay, let me take you on a date. I want to dump you. No, you're not allowed to do that. When are we going on a date? Back and forth many times. Finally, I was allowed to take her to Savannah, and we were going to go on this date. I'll take her down to River Street. We go to Carabas first, and we have this awesome dinner, and we go down to River Street and walk around River Street, and we go into Savannah Suites and, you know, get some chocolate, and we sit by the river, and we have this awesome date, right? And we get back in the car, and we, we drive back. And so as we're driving back, she goes, she goes, this is the best date. She's like, no one's really, like, taking me on a date before. Side note, guys, take girls on actual dates. Don't do that like we never date thing. Actually take them on dates. That would be good, okay? I know that we live in a weird culture where people don't date really anymore. We just like to hook up. Like, let's watch a movie as a group, then we'll go hook up. No, actually go on dates, okay? For real, date someone, okay? 
Joined back. She said, this is a great date. This is so good. Is this the best date you've ever been on? I look back at her. I was like, yeah, this is one of the best dates I've ever been on. This is awesome. She goes, what? This isn't the best date you have ever been on? She like freaks out. For real freaks out. She is really mad that I didn't say it was the best. I said, I said it was one of the best dates. Yes, this is a great date. Ah, and she freaks out and she's bawling, crying. This isn't the best date. It should be about who you're with, not what we've done. Ah, she's freaking out. This is my first date. Good thing she was attractive. No. <laughs> no, I found myself being patient in that moment, being kind, you know, not being rude, never giving up and having faith in her and who she was. We worked through lots of issues all through dating. She had a, a rough past with her family, and those issues would come up and manifest themselves on me, you know. But I had made the choice almost unconsciously that I was going to be patient and loving and kind and gentle and not rude and never give up on her. You know? I realized, oh, shoot, I'm really in love. If she was doing the same things to me. She'd be patient with me, with, with my faults. You know? Like I said, I'm still becoming the one. Imagine me seven years ago. You know? Much worse guy. You know? Dating does not culminate with a wedding. And that's something that we tend to think. It's like, I'm going to date to find the one, and I'll get married, and boom, happily ever after. No, you are dating to find the person that you are going to yoke yourselves together, and you're going to climb up the mountain of the Lord. You're going to be running after him together. Getting married is the beginning. It is the beginning of a relationship. Do we have the Ephesians verse? Look at this. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is all an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Look, Paul, for this whole like Ephesians chapter 5, like half of this chapter, he's talking all about how husbands are supposed to treat their wives, and how wives are supposed to treat their husbands, and all this stuff. And a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one, all this stuff. And then he throws this bombshell in here. This is a great mystery. But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Some versions say, but I am talking about Christ and the church. All this husband and wife stuff, you thought I was talking about real husband? No, I'm talking about Christ and the church. This is how the husband treats the wife. You getting married to someone is going to be an illustration of how Jesus loves the church. Guys, we've got the raw end of this one. You've got to be Jesus. <laughs> the girls get to be the church. That's, you're allowed to screw up every once in a while. Guys, you're not allowed to screw up. You're Jesus. Everyone's like, is that kind of funny? Yeah, that's kind of funny. It's okay. Yeah, we have to be Jesus. You know? And so many times in my relationship with Jess, when she would like, take for instance that, this isn't the best date you've ever, ah! I would look at this situation farther out and be like, have I ever done this with Jesus? Like, I'm the church. Have I ever been like, what the heck? Ah! Like screaming at him, like freaking out for no good reason. Done that all the time. You guys do that every once in a while? Like, yeah. What the heck? Are you really there? You don't really love me? This isn't the best day you've ever been on? Ah! You know? <laughs> and I look in that moment at how Jesus treats me. He, like, come down and, like, smack me across the face? No. He, like, shoot me with a lightning bolt? No. He was patient. He was kind. He wasn't rude. Never lost faith in me. And so I do that with Jess. She, in turn, does that with me. 
so we can become an illustration of how much Jesus loves the church and how much he cares about the church, how much he cares about you guys. You guys are the church. This doesn't mean like a building. It's the people in the building. Jesus for real cares about you. Look at this verse in, um, in, in Mark chapter 12. One of the teachers of the religious law, we can have Haley and you guys come back up. That'd be awesome. One of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? This is about to be my favorite verse, guys. Which is the most important? Look in 1 John chapter 2. We'll get to the, the answer to that in just a minute. Do not love this world. Remember what love is. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. This world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. I'm blocking that one. I'm going to have to read it out of here. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 4 says this. If you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, keeping all the rules, you have been cut off from Christ. Let that sink in for a second. If you are trying to, to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you've been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace, but we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. It's always weird when verses talk about that. <laughs> Just know it's talking about laws, <laughs> rules. You have to be this or you have to be that. There's no benefit in the rules and following the rules or not following the rules. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. What is important is having faith in Jesus and having that faith expressed in love, in patience, in kindness, in not being jealous, in not being rude, not being boastful, rejoicing in the truth, never giving up, always having hope, having faith, enduring through every circumstance, for real, loving, not just a significant other, but your friends, your roommate, your families. Your faith in Jesus manifesting itself in love. And so when this guy asked Jesus this question, what is the most important commandment of all? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord, with all, the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The most important commandment of all the rules, of all the laws, of everything that's in the Bible, the most important thing is love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. With every bit of you, love him. Patient, be kind, do not be jealous, do not be rude. Always have faith, never give up, and endure through whatever circumstance you're going through right now.
Loving Jesus is not a feeling. It is a choice. It's a choice that you make every day when you wake up. It's a choice that some of you will have to make every hour of the day when you're having a crappy day. Will I love Jesus right now? Will I choose to be patient? Will I choose to be fine? Uh, uh, will, Will I choose not to be rude today? Will I choose to have faith and never give up on him? Will I choose to endure through whatever crappy situation you are going through? Whether it's in dating and relationship, someone cheats on you, are you still going to follow Jesus? Are you going to be hurt and you're going to go just make out with the first person you can find? Or are you going to endure and follow the Lord, follow him, run up that mountain? Who may climb the mountain of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. Who do not worship idols. And we talked about that last week. Never tell lies. And will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Guys, we need a right relationship with our Savior. So right now, I want everyone to just like close your eyes as I pray us out. And I'm going to lead us all in just a prayer, just thanking God for who he is, what he's done, and for forgiving us. And that all we need to do is have faith that manifests itself in love to become pure and to become righteous. To get to spend an eternity with the God who is love. Yes, tonight is about finding the one that you want to date and marry, but even more important than that, I want you to find Jesus and choose to love him tonight. And so with everybody with their heads down and their eyes closed, if that's you tonight and you say, I want to choose to follow Jesus tonight for the first time, will you raise your hand? Is there anybody? Anybody at all that says, yes, tonight is my night. I choose to follow Jesus. I choose to love him. Awesome. I see you to my left. That's awesome. Yes. Amen. Anybody else? Thank you for being bold. Yes, tonight is your night. That's awesome. Choose to love Jesus. Anybody else? Yes. Awesome. Cool. Yes. Is there anybody else? I've seen two hands go up. That's awesome. All right. Well, if you are still choosing to follow Jesus, choosing to love him is not a feeling that comes upon you. It's a choice that you make. If you are wondering about that choice at all, it's the best decision you can possibly make. It's not too late and come talk to me afterwards. Talk to anybody afterwards that's up here or that you've met here in Chi Alpha about possibly doing that. So if everybody here in the room would just repeat after me, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for what you did on the cross, for forgiving us of our sins, 
for doing what we could not do. God, we do not seem worthy. God, we do not seem worthy. But because you say that we are, we just thank you. We love you that all we have to do is just have faith in you. We just have to have faith to say, yes, I believe in you and I love you. Jesus, we love you so much and we ask all of this in your name. Amen. If you guys would stand with us, that would be awesome.